Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we cover the Venice Film Festival, Overwatch 2, and Chainsaw Man. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, I, I feel like I slurred that everybody. That was weird. Hello, hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of This Week in Geek, formerly the Believe in Overwatch League podcast, but no longer because we decided to change it. Um, anyway, how are you doing, Kevin? How is uh, you were asking me how the heat wave is on my end? And since you before we started and since you asked, I will respond. It has not been good. It got to like 111 at one point. Yeah, which was. Okay, it was it was really 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 weird. I think this was on, this was on Sunday, yeah, this was on Sunday. So it was 111 when I left the house on Sunday. I had to go run an errand, um, which was stupidly hot. And it's like at least at least it's not a, a humid heat out here. It's not like damp and hot. It's it's a dry heat because we live in the desert. Um, but I came back and as I was coming back from my errands, I looked up like I'm driving and I look at the sky and it's like very cloudy. And I'm like, huh, maybe it's going to rain tomorrow, which I'm thinking, OK, that's great because like it there's a fire close to where we are right now. And I think it was 87 percent contained at the time. So it was almost dead. Um, but I'm like, huh, OK. And then I said the California thing. We need this. Um, and as I'm driving back, like there's a couple drops that hit my windshield and it's like, Oh, so it's raining today. And then it just starts fat, heavy, like really hard raining, like just storming. And like, this is like tropical ish kind of rain, which is really weird because it's like summer in the desert. And then the wind picks up and it looks like something out of a hurricane. And so I I finally get to my house and I park the car and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here and wait this out because there's no way it's going to last long. And so I sit there for maybe five, 10 minutes and it's like, okay, this isn't going away. And then I step outside and I run the 10 seconds to from my car to the front door. And I'm just like soaked, just drenched and soaked. And it was uh, it was really strange. And it lasted maybe an hour. And then it went back to being hot again. We're just like it's it's close to maybe 100 at night. Sometimes here it's like 90s. I think it was 98 that night. But yeah, it's it's not it's not great out here. How about up north? You have more humidity, though, right? We do, but it's still getting like ridiculously hot up here. Like, Ugh. uh, I think we hit one. Uh, yeah, we hit one twelve. Oh, like, you beat a us! Days ago. I was Dang. like, bro, this this shouldn't be this hot. And like, usually, if you go closer to like the bay, it's like even nicer. But like, even SF was like a hundred, and Ugh. they're like surrounded by water, so it's it's pretty 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 terrible. How how do you manage that? Because at least with here, the dry heat, it doesn't it like it's hot and it hits you, but it doesn't feel like heavy and oppressive. It's just like, oh, God, it's hot outside. But with like with the humidity, it's like I feel like you it saps your energy even faster. And it's like, 
I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. It, it it's pretty bad, but uh, lucky for me, I haven't been outside in a while, so yeah, kind of cuddling in my own house and just like trying not to try not to go out, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Speaking of of staying inside your house, how does how's the streaming stuff going? Update. Oh, it is uh, it is rough. Not gonna lie. Um, a a lot of people just think like I just go live and just call it a day when when I'm finished, but. That's only literally like the start. And that's the reason why I have to start like my stream so early. Though like from three to six, I'm essentially like recording my game footage and I'm playing Mm -hmm. my games. Then I go to dinner whenever my parents want to. And then after that, I immediately go home, scrub through the whole video, find pieces that I like, and then clip them. And then essentially use that and have to like retool and re-edit the way how it looks um online and then just have like essentially from like usually around 10 p.m to like 2 a.m i'm just editing i'm just editing the footage putting it together and making sure that it's ready to go um yeah but that in itself is really tough um because like sometimes you like go through an entire like day and you're just like i can't find anything Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) so i'm slowly starting to figure out like what i need to do in order to like make the make the streams not only more entertaining for myself so i don't like mauled in the middle of my games um, (laughs) but also just to like find a way how to make it like fun you know not only for myself but like for everyone else who's watching because like the competitive grind like watching anybody grind competitive is like it gets demoralizing after a certain point so it's just like it's called a grind for a reason yeah it it is a grind it's not like an easy like you know call it a day kind of thing it's it's a lot um but i'm i'm slowly starting to find like the like the tempo and the rhythm that i need to to go by um mm-hmm. so it definitely week 1 is like trial and error like it's it's a lot but uh, when I eventually figure it out, it'll hopefully be a lot better once we start getting into like the later weeks. Uh, what about you, Matt? How's your week? How's everything going on your end? Uh, it's been it's been kind of rough. Um, so finally, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Prime came or not the Rings of Prime. God damn it. My brain is melted. I can't even sentences anymore. The Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power has finally released on Amazon Prime and new episodes come out on Fridays. Hooray. It's not it's like I've seen that phrase everywhere for the past few weeks. Um, But no, um, it's been kind of rough because with the, the premiere coming out, Amazon obviously wants to really push and emphasize that this is the new big show. Like they're competing for space with not so much Sandman. I would say because Sandman had its its time already, but we're obviously competing with House of the Dragon, yeah. which they're very similar. And like there's there's people who are like you can enjoy both, and there's people who are very much in either camp. Um, so we're trying to we're trying to stand out that way. Um, and so it's been like the schedule changes for that of what we're supposed to post like by the minute sometimes sometimes we're on from like 
seven thirty to like whenever at night, which is is not the greatest. It's it's very draining sometimes. And then of course we have to deal with a lot of the the racist and misogynistic and sexist and aw- just awful parts of the the Tolkien fan base, which I think I, I think I've probably said this before on the last on the old podcast we have, which used to be Believe in Overwatch. Um, but I think I've said it before where there, there's a thing I've noticed about fantasy fans and fantasy fandoms in that they har- they tend to harbor a lot of of racist folk who will use lore as an excuse for their racism. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that a lot of the very popular or the the more well-known or quote classic fantasy fandoms and, and properties and, and stories are very Eurocentric. And they're they're written by either white European folk or white American folks. And just simply because of that authorship they're more focused on like Eurocentric white experiences and they tend to not have as many, um, as, as many people of color. Like a lot of these, these fantasy worlds are very like fantasy European expi- inspired. So you're not, you don't typically see people writing people of color because they, they're not cognizant of it or they they don't, think about people of color or they're, they're the writing the way they think Europe is and that there's only pasty white folks there. Um, and so I think that a lot of, a lot of nerds who are, are racist will tend to cling to fantasy because then they can go. And then if there's ever an adaptation of it or whatever, like for example, with, um, with Lord of the Rings right now, there are, one, two, three, four, five. There are five or six people of color at least. I'm probably forgetting a few just because there's so many people. I, I'm brain melting right now. But there, there are at least five or six prominent actors who are people of color right now. And the the lore book fanatics are saying oh tolkien never wrote people of color in there blah 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 and so they're using what they perceive as like the gold standard in this lore to justify the fact that they don't want people of color in their fantasy world in their adaptation or they don't want strong women because oh she wasn't written like that well it's it's just kind of ridiculous so I've been dealing with that. It's kind of melted my brain a little bit, and I hate it. Um, I, I'm I'm not the I don't have the highest opinion of a lot of the Tolkien fandom right now. But there, I, I will say to their credit, there are a lot of people in the fandom, especially like the more prominent ones who who have actually read the book, the books, who are are saying this is fine. There's nothing against the lore. What's wrong with it's an adaptation. You'll still have the books anyway. What's wrong with people of color finally seeing themselves in this fantasy world? So it's, it's a, it's, it's both sides. It's just the more negative side has been the more vocal up to this point, And it's just driven me up the wall. Um, aside from that, I started playing a game on the GameCube again. I broke it out um, of the garage. It's like, you know what? I haven't played this in a while. Let's try it. Um, 
you'll never guess what game it is, Kevin. Never? I don't think you will. Is it Billy Hatcher? No, I don't own Billy Hatcher. <laughs> I played Billy Hatcher, but I don't own it. Ah. Uh, I think I probably rented it from Blockbuster at one point. All right, two more guesses. Billy Hatcher is a no. Okay, it's a no. Um, Let's see. No, I mean, I feel like it has to be like a very niche game. Would it be like a Metroid game? No, it's not a Metroid. It's not? No. I, I'm telling uh, you, you'll never guess it. God, we gotta gotta think more obscure. Uh <laughs> I thought Billy Hatcher was a weird one. Um That's a pretty like well known GameCube game though. I I have no idea. Uh the the Game Boy Advance emulator? I <laughs> that was in the GameCube when I opened it. Technically. There you go. But I didn't play it, so you were close. Alright, what'd you what'd you end up with? Shrek 2. Shrek 2? <laughs> I because I, I got this game as a present for I think my my birthday I think in two thousand four two thousand five probably two thousand four because the game came out two thousand four uh, my friend gave it to me as a gift um, and like it it doesn't follow the the movie too accurately like it hits the major locations and beats sort of. But also, this game is just like way too fun. It it has no as a as an adaptation of a movie, and like typically those games are just shameless cash grabs that really aren't any good. But as a video game adaptation of a movie, it has no right being as fun as it it still is. Eighteen years later, it's still pretty fun. Like I enjoyed myself playing it. It's fairly simple. It's a lot easier now that I'm older and like I have more dexterity and I better at video games. But like. It's still pretty fun. I'm not going to knock it. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, like, some, sometimes there's, like, games where you're just like, okay, this happens to work. But, uh, yeah, they, they didn't expect Shrek 2. <laughs> no one expects Shrek. But Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Shrek still plays pretty well 18 years later. All right, so let's get into the actual news of the week. Um, picking up from, I guess, where we left off last week, um, the Venice Film Festival has happened. It, it started last week. It's going until the 10th of September, so it's still got a couple more days to go. I believe that's Saturday is the 10th. Um, but yeah, so continuing on from last week, don't worry, darling, the Olivia Wilde and almost Shia LaBeouf movie made its premiere at the Venice Film Festival and it was the subject of just a lot of really really weird drama so the first thing is that um, for whatever reason we're not sure if this is actually a feud or not Um, but Olivia Wilde seems to be in another feud with another one of her actors Um, and maybe even another one but the main one is Florence Pugh, who is the lead actress, seems to be beefing with Olivia Wilde. We're not really sure why. We're not really sure if there even is a beef. It seems like it because she really didn't interact with Olivia Wilde at all. She kind of was very standoffish in in all the reports and all the photos. She like during the standing ovation at the end, she turned away. She just seemed not to want to do anything with Olivia Wilde. And I think today, I think was like the New York premiere or something. 
and neither Olivia Wilde nor Chris Pine were in attendance. So there's there's that. We'll get to Chris Pine in a little bit. But it seems that like Olivia Wilde is is I don't know what it is about her, but there are several reports that she, it just was a weird set. Like she was quote unquote shirking a lot of her directorial responsibilities. She's seems to have made an enemy with Shia LaBeouf. She's made an enemy, it seems, of Florence Pugh. Um, a lot of people are not happy with just the way she's handled this press tour. There's been so much drama coming out of it that, like, I'm not sure folks really would want to work with her again after this. Like, just hearing all of this stuff that that's coming out of this film, it's a hot mess. And people, like, I think it might serve the film in a way in that, like, people are going to go see it just to see what all the hubbub was about with this film. Like, is it even worth the movie? So people might go see it. Um, the second bit of weird drama out of this is um, Chris Pine is part of the movie. And I don't know what it is. I've heard reports that his schedule is just so insane that he's kind of exhausted out of his mind right now that he has, a bunch of different uh, films that he's working on premieres to go to flying back and forth that he's like had no time to rest, but he, uh, he looked kind of zonked out at the premiere. Some people are like, is he on drugs? What's going on with him? He did not seem to be paying attention at all. He was kind of dissociating during the press conference. He just kind of seemed like he was in his own world, like really didn't care about anything that was happening right in front of him. There's a ton of memes out there right now. I'm sure You've probably seen them. Um, and then the the final weird tidbit from, from this premiere was um, there seemed to be video that looked like Harry Styles, who is also in the film, um, spat on Chris Pine as he, as he was going to sit down. Chris Pine was sitting in between um, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. Um, which is maybe fueling some speculation that Harry and Olivia are not together anymore. Um, allegedly they, uh, they kind of got together either depending on who you ask, either before this film was starting during the film was starting before she broke up with Jason Sudeikis after she broke up with Jason Sudeikis. It's, it's very unclear and murky right now, but they were a couple. They did not seem affectionate at all during this premiere. So maybe they're not a couple anymore. No one's sure. Maybe she's made an enemy of Harry Styles as well. But anyway, there was video that looked like Harry Styles was like spat on Chris Pine as he was sitting down and Chris Pine seemed to react uh, like he had just been spat on and didn't accept, didn't, didn't expect it. I mean, because no one really expects to be spit on most of the time, especially by Harry Styles. Like, Kevin, would you expect to be spit on by Harry Styles? No, but please. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it'd be a story to tell, but yeah, I wouldn't would. expect it to happen. But anyway, so I saw the video. Have you seen the video, Kevin? I've seen the video. It's been surfacing all over the yeah. place. Did what did you think? Does do you think that he looked like he spat on him? I don't think so. I I just it, it might have just been a okay. I I don't know. I I don't see any any yeah. malevolence there. Yeah. No. So I when I looked at it, I didn't see like any spit fly, but it. Just the, the the way that Harry was sitting down and like the kind of momentary pause he had, Chris Pine's reaction, I first it really looked like he spat on him for me, but he has no reason to. 
So that's what kind of confused me. Like, I mean, maybe he does. Maybe they're, they're beefing too. Maybe the entire cast just hates each other and they're all fighting. We don't know. But the most convincing argument I've seen, and it looked like at a different angle, you couldn't even see any spit. So it's it's pretty much been cleared up at this point that he didn't spit on him. Chris Pines said that he didn't spit on him. Um, uh, Harry Styles made a joke that, oh yeah, of course I went all the way to Venice just to spit on Chris Pine. But it looks like happened is like he was kind of feeling around for his sunglasses. Maybe he thought he lost them, and then he found them, so he was fine. Um, and then when the film was actually starting to screen, he like put on his sunglasses. So he's probably sleeping through the movie, not actually watching it. So um, that is probably the weirdest press coverage. Like this entire, everything around this film is probably the weirdest, most insane press coverage that I've ever seen in, in any movie in recent history. Probably since the Disaster Artist movie came out. This is probably the weirdest press I've seen. And like the disaster artist was just weird because of Tommy Wiseau and everything involving <laughs> Tommy Wiseau is just, it's always weird. It's not going to be normal. That's facts. <laughs> like nothing about Tommy Wiseau is normal. Possibly because he's an alien. Anyway, another bit of news that came out from the Venice film festival. That's pretty big is people are declaring that Brendan Fraser, the actor has made a comeback. Brendan Fraser famously starred in the trilogy of mummy movies. Um, he was George of the jungle originally um, before they made the cartoon. He had a PS cameos in other films as well, but like he, his biggest claim to fame, I'm pretty sure his, Oh, he was also in journey to the center of the earth. He was also in um, Looney Tunes back in action, I believe, but his, yes. biggest claim to fame, his biggest claim to fame was the mummy trilogy fantastic reboot just amazing uh tom cruise never should have touched it because you're not going to beat brendan fraser um but he his his most recent movie also premiered at the venice film festival it's called the whale it's about a 600 pound man with a, a disability that prevents him from leaving his apartment um and it got a i think a six and a half minute standing ovation that moved brendan fraser to tears um and the reason why that he he's had this quote unquote comeback, and I don't I honestly don't think that it is his comeback. I think his comeback started earlier. I think it's happened with um, Doom Patrol because he he was cast in that, and everybody loved it, and everyone has been giving him praise for that. And I think he had another movie, but I can't remember what it is that people were were praising him for. Um, but the reason why he ever left was because so in 2003 um brendan fraser alleges that he was in the beverly hills hotel when the hollywood forum press association's president philip burke sexually assaulted him he says his left hand reaches around grabs my ass cheek and one of his fingers touches me in the taint and he starts moving it around um yeah uh, according to According to Burke in his memoir with Signs and Wonders, he claims it was a joke. But of course, Brendan Fraser doesn't feel like it's a joke. He's just been sexually assaulted. And like, uh, it, it feels really icky that this man is saying, oh, I, I sexually assaulted Brendan Fraser. I pinched his his butt as a joke. It feels really icky. Um, Brendan goes on to say, I felt ill. I felt like a little kid. I felt 
there was a ball in my throat. I thought I was going to cry. I didn't want to contend with how that made me feel or becoming part of my narrative. So he, he went home immediately after this happened, told his wife, but he, he didn't want to go to the press because 2003 was a different time. Um, you, you even saw it like during 2017 when a lot of the, and, and even after when the Me Too movement was, was happening, people were still very dismissive of any reports. Uh, and the fact that Brendan Fraser is a man who got sexually assaulted, there, there is a stigma still, I think. And especially back then, there was even more of a stigma around men who get sexually assaulted. It They're stigmatized as, as weak or not manly enough. And as, as Brendan Fraser back in 2003, I could definitely see that how it would be intimidating for him to, to report someone who was the head of the Hollywood foreign press organization. And it becomes a, he said, he said kind of thing. And it just depends on who you believe. Um, eventually at one point, Brendan Fraser demanded an apology, but he didn't really get an apology in the sense that he wanted the apology letter admitted no wrongdoing. The usual, if I've done anything that upset Mr. Fraser, it was not intended. And I apologize from, from Burke. Um, he says that it's a, a total fabrication. Um, yeah. So that's why Brendan Fraser kind of disappeared from Hollywood. Um, I don't know really what prompted him to come back. Maybe it was the support that he found after the Me Too movement that he he was believed and that people still liked him, I guess. So he's back now and people love him and he got a six and a half minute standing ovation, which is great. Um, I wish that the Batgirl movie hadn't been canceled because he would have played the villain Firefly in that, um, which would have been really cool to see. Um, and then the last thing from the Venice Film Festival is I really don't understand it, but like this goes with other film festivals as well. But it, with every headline that comes out, you see like they talk about how long the standing ovation was, which is kind of ridiculous because who cares how long they clapped? Like the six and a half minute standing ovation for um, the whale, the four and a half minute standing ovation for don't worry, darling. Um, the minute, not the minute, the the film, the Banshees of in a Sharon, which stars Colin Farrell and came out in this film festival had a 13 minute standing ovation. Can, can you imagine just standing there clapping for 13 minutes, Kevin? That's way too much. I, I can't even, I don't even want to stand up for 13 <laughs> minutes, let alone right? stand and clap. That's two things. Yeah. That's two extra things. I know they also count the standing ovations for like presidential speeches as well. Um, I remember in eighth grade when we watched, I think Obama's speech, I, I think it was his, uh, his candidacy speech or, or one of, one of his speeches, our, um, our history teacher had us count how long that standing ovation was. And it was just, it was kind of brutal, kind of ridiculous. And I, I don't understand why this has to, this is such a sticking point for folks. I was looking at two articles, inside hook and indie wire and between the two of them, um, but between these two articles, I read that one of the reasons why some people believe that standing ovations are so like they go on for so long is because 
It's, oh, it's the Atlantic, I think, actually. I've read a couple articles trying to figure out why. Whatever. One of the one of the people he interviewed for the Atlantic said that for for they liken it to crowd mentality. They they even go as far as saying it's kind of like disease ish. Um, but when people stand, um, they're looking for permission to stop and like bandwagoning effect. So they're they're waiting for other people to um to to start to die down and as more people will start to die down then the applause will stop but if people keep going you don't want to be the one person who just kind of stands there and doesn't clap um and there's also like ways that you can get people to to continue to keep clapping like you do something funny on stage you kind of gesture to one of the other cast members and try to get them specific applause for their own performance as opposed to the general applause for the entire cast um and so you just keep getting people to bandwagon on and on and on and on and on until like eventually they decide that they don't want to clap anymore. <laughs> um, I can't imagine just standing there clapping for 13 minutes though. That's ridiculous. And like, why I don't, why does it even matter? And I think the reason that it matters is just because in the, in the age of internet, news journalism people are looking for just any sensationalized headline that they can put up there that maybe grab someone's attention like oh my god how long was this uh applause for 13 minutes and clapping for oh my god let me check let me let me see this and it, it just it feeds because that makes news so i guess maybe the uh in order to make news the filmmakers and and the the cast will try to egg that applause for as long as possible i've never clapped for 13 minutes for anything i've long as i've probably clapped is probably a minute or two and that's even long a minute of clapping yeah just straight I, i'm a film major and i don't even clap that much bro <laughs> like i've never seen a film that that made me be like dang i gotta clap for this for 13 minutes that's ridiculous I think the only film in recent history that I felt like, damn, like this movie, this movie really made me feel something and and played with my mind was Parasite. And I wouldn't clap for 13 minutes for Parasite as much as I love it. No. No. You'll get, again, you'll get maybe a minute out of me if I'm really feeling enthusiastic. 60 seconds, that's all you get. Bong Joon, if Bong Joon Ho only gets a minute, none of you get more than that. So while we're on the topic of movies, uh, Kevin, guess what just turned 25? Not me. Not <laughs> it's uh, Netflix. Net- Netflix? Oh, wait, yeah. yeah. It was alive during the uh, the blockbuster era. It was alive during the 90s. I, I, yeah. Do you remember when you first became aware of Netflix, Kevin? Yeah. I thought it would never stand a chance to Blockbuster or Hollywood video, you know, but yeah, here we are. I think for me, I first became aware of Netflix because my cousins had it um, back when it was just the DVD service. I think it was, I want to say 2007 and 2008. That's, I think, when I first became aware of Netflix, but that by then it was already 10 years old. Netflix yeah. launched in 1997. Yeah. Which I... Wow, that's a long time. Um, and in honor of that 25-year anniversary, 
Um, Netflix released a few tidbits facts about itself to celebrate. Um, so Kevin, guess what the first DVD shipped by Netflix was? 97? Uh, well, was 97 was when it started. Oh. Uh, so like, I guess maybe that counts. That probably counts like incorporation, filing paperwork and everything. Like officially, it was a company in 1997. Okay. So like. So I don't know when officially operations began. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Pulp Fiction. It's a, that's a 95 film. So okay. Interesting. That's a solid guess. That is a solid guess. Um, no, it was Beetlejuice. March 10th, okay. 1998. It was Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Okay. Guess what the number one most used profile icon globally is? And the default one. Uh, I mean, you would think, because people the, don't want to change the it. The uh, just... N? Oh, wait, like, are we talking, like, now? Yeah, now, currently. Uh, I bet, is, is it something from Stranger Things? You would think... Because considering how big it is, but it's not. It's not. No. And it's not the default profile. <laughs> no. Which you would think it is because people don't want to change their profile pictures. Because it's yeah, exactly. It's just extra I, I'm lazy. Yeah, I still have my. No, actually, I changed it afterward because everyone was changing it on my family, so I might as well do it. But I kept yeah. it for the longest time until I finally gave my account to my siblings, and then they started changing things, so I changed it with them. Um, but no, it's. Uh, any last any last guesses? It's kind of ridiculous. No, no. I hate it. It's the boss baby. Oh my god! Guess gross. how many? Guess how many well, profiles have this? Gosh dang boss baby! I hope it's not. Is it in the millions? Yes. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, do you want to guess? No, give, no, give no. Two point eight. Eleven million. That's a lot. <laughs> Eleven million boss babies. Not about that. Why? No, Did 11 no. million people even watch Boss Baby? Like, I'm not one of them. Neither am I. <laughs> um, currently, guess what the show with the most my list ads is? As in, so, like they they've been like saved in the my yeah list. in my list. Hmm. It's got to be something that's somewhat popular, but like not everybody's watching. Yeah, okay. I, I, that's probably fair considering the series. I would say Squid Game. Close, kind of similar, I, similar vein. I would say. Is it uh like a death game still or? Yes and no. A- Alice in Borderlands. Of? No, no. I think okay, we're going the wrong know. direction there. <laughs> All right, it's uh, Money Heist. Money Heist. Okay. Which I think it does. It needs to be actually watched, I think, because it is a fantastic series that, like, it hooked me in really, really fast. I loved it. I haven't seen the Korean version yet. Um, I'm scared that it's not going to capture the same magic as the Spanish version, because the Spanish version was great. Um, but, yeah, that it, it's Money Heist. Um, guess what the original name or placeholder name for Netflix was? Uh... A video slot? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering the name Netflix, that that was a good guess. I, 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 go for it. It's kibble, like the dog. Uh, food. Uh, it's why? kibble. Were they gonna deliver it? Were they gonna 
deliver dog food or something? Was that like the original goal or? I I don't know. Um, and you know how the uh, the original like not the original, but you know how the sound for Netflix is the dum. Yeah. It was um it was also originally animal themed. It was supposed to be a uh, originally it was considered using a, the sound of a bleeding goat. Uh, so why? I have a screaming goat right here, not a bleeding one, but like why? What? Yeah, but why does it have to be bleeding? It doesn't. It's not necessary. Well, I mean, goats bleed. Yeah, just, you know, just like a regular goat sound would have been okay. Could have done a screaming goat, but I don't know why. I don't know goat kibble. I I I don't understand it. And also, we we think of Netflix as red today, but the first envelope or the early envelopes that they delivered in were actually white, not red. Hmm. I don't know when they changed it, but yeah, Netflix turns twenty five. I saw quite a bit. Yeah. I, again, I didn't realize that this company started in 1997. It's almost as old as us. It's older almost. than my brother. That's kind of crazy. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I do not like that fact. Uh, and, and to think that, like, at one point they were struggling and Blockbuster almost bought them, but decided so that imagine it wasn't worth if- it. If Blockbuster bought them, we would still have Blockbuster. I miss Blockbuster so much. I loved Blockbuster. I thought Blockbuster was a a fantastic thing to have. But alas, it is gone now because of poor management. Um, where is the next story? Next link. Um... So, we we I think we talked we just talked about AI last week, right, Kevin? Yeah, we yeah. talked a little bit about it. Yeah, with AI generated uh, lyrics. So here's yes. another AI story for you, Kevin. Um, an AI won an art contest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, like, if you look at the piece, like, honestly, it is fantastic. Um, so Jason M. Allen entered a competition in Pueblo, Pueblo West, Colorado in the um, Emerging Artist Division's Digital Art slash Digitally Manipulated Photography category. Now, the only, um, I think the only real qualification to enter this category was that it has to use digital technology as part of the creative or presentation process. So what he did was he used the... Um, the AI software Midjourney, which I believe John Oliver did a, uh, a a bit of a, a topic on it very recently, but he used Midjourney to create a piece called I can't speak French, but it's it, it translates to space opera theater, um, and I think out of eleven entrants and eighteen entries in this division, he got first place and won the three hundred dollar prize. Dang, okay. So the AI actually beat out humans in creating art, which on one hand is fascinating. And I I don't know if it... 
I don't know if the fact that the judges judged this to be art and gave it the prize. I don't know what that does for the argument of can AI create art because it's not because a lot of art is based on emotion and feeling and personal experience. What these prompts do is, or at least from what I understand, is this AI this AI art creation things is they look at prompts and they aggregate data to learn about certain things like they'll learn what a cabbage looks like and they'll learn what a cabbage is and they'll just kind of pull different data points to to learn i guess and then they'll create the art that way um and again this is a fantastic looking piece but if it's just like aggregating data ones and zeros is that art and on the on the other hand, you could also argue, isn't that what artists are just doing with their own experiences? They're they're aggregating their own information and creating an art piece with it. Like I don't think personally, I don't think that AI and robots and what they create consists really of art in in the sense that we we recognize art as being like I'm trying to art as being art for, for a lack of, of words to explain it. Like it doesn't have the, uh, the soul behind it. It's just, it's, it's a pretty image. If you, if it makes any sense as opposed to being bona fide art with emotion behind it. Mm -hmm. Like what, what do you feel about like the AI and art aspect of it? And like the fact that this one over humans it it's cool that it's like it it make image look good but at what cost right it, it's just making it, it it's making it look good but it doesn't really have like any feeling behind it so yeah cool it, it, it may be superficial but i don't know if like that was the intent behind it you know yeah is there any point at which you think that AI will be able to create something that's considered art? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think if there was an intent behind like somebody using AI as the tool to get it to work, then maybe, but I don't see like just an AI coming up with art on its own without like having at least a prompt or something to like, tell it to try this you know i mean there is a prompt it's just alan won't say what his prompt is at the moment yeah i think there i think there may be ways for people to employ ai to create art like if they use it as part of their process or as a tool um like i don't know if i consider this one because he just kind of typed in a prompt and let it run so i don't think this counts but if you use it for like if you employ it as part of the process and not just the type in prompt, get art, submit art kind of thing. Um, I think that there is a possibility for humans to use AI to create art, but I don't think AI at this point in time, at least is creating art in itself. Um, I think we have to get to the point where like robots are, are to the point of where they are in sci-fi where it's it's like they're actual people where they can develop individual personalities 
and, and approximate emotions to the point where it's indistinguishable from from humans kind of a thing mm-hmm. when we get to that point if we ever get to that point i think then maybe we'll robots will be able to create art um but not currently i don't think we're anywhere near that i don't think this constitutes as art i think this is just like this is like if you uh if you submitted a graphing calculator's graph just based on sticking in some some data coordinates and called that art that's what i can i i can relate this closest to i think for me if that makes sense oh yeah that, that makes sense it's just like it, it doesn't feel like there was intent it's just calculated yeah exactly it's just code operating pulling together data points to make something that is a pretty image um and lastly for me um overwatch 2 is coming october 4th right kevin yeah it's october 4th yay um so october 4th is bringing overwatch 2 with the new maps new cosmetics and new heroes but uh-oh there's a catch there because not everyone's gonna really be able to uh to access the new heroes right off the bat i'm not sure where this image comes from but and this has been confirmed by the devs that this is actually real but um i think this is in i think this was in Battle.net for a little bit but then it got taken down but of course people screenshotted it and shared it over the internet because it's it's no longer on the website for them part of it says i think this is probably from purchasing the purchasing the battle pass um with the season one premium battle pass you can unlock over 80 tiers of rewards including mythic cyber demon genji legendary hinotori kiriko and more in addition as a season one premium battle pass owner you will automatically receive access to overwatch's latest hero kiriko so that being what it is and what it says has people saying wait so if we don't have the battle pass that means we don't get access to kiriko the new the newest character what does this mean for other characters what does this mean for other maps um are we just gonna is this gonna be now like a pay-to-play kind of scenario which prompted john specter to say on twitter addressing some incomplete info posted early about our overwatch 2 battle pass We'll be sharing all details ahead of launch, but want to confirm that new Overwatch 2 heroes will be available on the free track of the Battle Pass. So it seems like at this point, it's going to have to be an unlock thing. If you don't have the Battle Pass, like you're going to have to work your way up to eventually unlocking the new heroes. What that's going to look like, we don't know. Um, People are kind of mad, of course, because they no one likes a paywall. And the way this is going, it looks like there might be paywalls for for heroes in the form of this battle pass so if you want to get any value out of the game you're gonna have to pony up for that battle pass which i don't like like i got it because i wanted the beta for um to to try it out to talk about the the podcast for on our last podcast um and i didn't i was impatient and didn't want to wait to be rolled into the beta later on I wanted it from the access from day one. So that's why I got that. But like, if I didn't have that, I'd be so mad right now. Yeah. It, it just feels kind of weird. Like all the other heroes were free on release. It's just a matter of if you could try it or not, you know? Yeah. Uh, and but now this, it's, yeah. yeah. Now it's yeah. just like kind of pay for early access, you know? Right. It feels weird. 
and if they're doing this already, like what's to stop them in the future from being like, oh yeah, no more free, no more free track. If you want these heroes, you're going to have to pay or like wait for a couple seasons before we release them to everybody or, or some nonsense like that. I don't trust the blizzard. I just hope that they don't uh, put it behind a paywall or something like that where it's more like, I mean, they could do the same thing that like, unfortunately like valorant does this where you can like you the more you play the game the more access to like the game you have in general you know so like the more you play the more heroes you can unlock and that's just through game experience like it it doesn't cost you anything it just you have to play a lot um i i hope that like it doesn't make it too crazy but uh, we'll definitely have to see what what they're at least trying to do here, right? And it's like we've had this this thing in gaming for forever, in that like, like for example, Smash Bros. You have to unlock the characters that you're playing as, or in a lot of fighting games, this happens. But like in a competitive game, in a com- with a competitive scene, um, like usually by the time you're playing online with those fighting games, you've unlocked every character. Um, And I guess the same argument again can be made here for uh, a shooting game, but we're, but like with fighting games, it's individual, but this it's team based. So it feels like the team that paid for the battle pass might have the advantage over the team that doesn't because they have three less characters now. Yeah, very true. And that, that just becomes something that, you know, pro teams are going to have to incorporate into their salary. It's just like, hey, I need to be able to play the new character. Uh, so, cough up. Yeah. Just the newest way to squeeze things out of gamers. Anyway, Kevin, you've got some gaming information that probably, I hope, isn't maddening. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna go ahead and hop into some some pretty pretty normal stuff here. Um, first of all, let's talk about the new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet trailer. Um, we got a new trailer at six a.m. today. Actually, um, lucky for me, I wasn't spoiled for it because I was sleeping. Um, so uh, I ended up watching it live on my stream. I, I do have a clip of my reaction to the actual stuff uh, happening live. So that was something that I probably will upload later, but. Uh, a couple things that we will ta- uh, talk about. There are new characters. Um, there are going to be like a couple of newer characters. I didn't really pay attention to the characters. I was more, you know, honed in on the actual Pokemon that they're going to be announcing. Um, they really emphasize this whole concept of going where you want. So it's kind of giving me like like Legends Arceus vibes where you're like allowed to go around and like do whatever you want. But, yeah. like, there are, like, overarching missions um, to, like, help you progress the story. And I I think that's kind of what they're aiming at um, or aiming for in this one. Um, and it's kind of a cool concept. I, I didn't complete Legends Arceus yet. And I, I might need to take a oh, break same. and go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there there's that. Um, on top of that, there are two, like, exclusive Pokemon, meaning, like, they're exclusive to each type of game. Mm-hmm. Um Amarog and uh, Cerulege. Uh, so essentially, uh, Amarog is from uh, if you pick up Pokemon Scarlet, 
Um, it's kind of a fire type armor Pokemon. And Severledge is uh, the Pokemon uh, for for Violet version. It's got like knives on its hands. Uh, huh. so it's, it's pretty sick. Um, so if, if you like armor Pokemon, if you want to play Mega Man in, in Pokemon, <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, they are really cool looking Pokemon though. Um, highly give them, uh, give them props for that. And now, uh, for my personal favorite one, um, cloth. Um, I, I love cloth. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just a fan. Um, cloth is a rock type Pokemon. It is a, is a big crab. It's just a crab. Uh, there's a really big one. It's a really big crab. Uh, so, uh, cloth, it, it, it it looks cool. I mean, I'm down to to see how it uh how it plays out, and uh, yeah, uh, apparently there's like an in game thing of like what what the Pokemon actually looks like. Um, it can be big, it can be small. Usually they're smaller, but to, you know today we got the big one. Um, very cool Pokemon. So uh, definitely gonna uh be looking to collect a cloth on the team. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a heads up for everybody else. Uh, November 18th is going to be the official release date for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, so if you're honestly looking for something for your Christmas list, put it, put, put that on there. Um, so <laughs> that is honestly the best way to go about it. Um, we got a quick look at one of the gym leaders, I think. Is it either a gym leader or, um, you have to go like, I don't know if it's in Victory Road, but one of them is a grass type uh, gym leader and they were showing off some of the some of the pokemon that they were using like one of them was Smoliv, which is one of the exclusive ones for this region um and then they pull out a pseudo wudo just to mess with you so i'm like okay <laughs> i like pseudo wudo you're cool i get it you're funny um so yeah we, we're gonna have we're gonna have a grass type gym leader it's gonna look really cool um wait kevin what yes. can you tell me about Grafii? Because they were doing all that weird, like, yes. social media stuff with it. I, I, what, what is this Pokemon, and why are they making such a big deal out of it? Uh, I, I don't, I honestly don't know why they, why they're uh, pushing it so hard. But, uh, uh is, you know, an AI Pokemon. Um, they said that it is a distant relative of Giraffe, uh, not Giraffeig, of um, Smeargle, um, the the other Pokemon that has like drawing abilities but um graphii like apparently draws like stripes on random trees um it is a poison normal type pokemon so that is another thing that we got uh information on um it will be really interesting to see what abilities it gets like if it will also have the ability sketch which allows you to copy a move um we'll definitely have to see what they have an idea for you know Graphii uh, moving forward, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool Pokemon that are on on the way. Um, definitely keep your eye out if you're looking to play this game. Um, I'm personally still waiting on the final evolutions of the uh, of the starters. Just trying oh, yeah. to figure out like who I want to play, you know. Um, and if Smoliv does evolve into something, you know, I I want to know that. I'm uh, I'm team Fuecoco. Fuecoco, yeah. I, I like Fuecoco. It's, it's got the it's got the wide mouth alligator vibe, you know? I I, it's I give adorable. it that. Yeah. It just depends on like if we if we do go for the uh scarlet or violet version, you know. They do they do give you the the fire 
like uh mm-hmm. was Cerulege and uh, Armor Rogue, they're both fire types. Um one's fire psychic and one's fire ghost. So that's gonna be really interesting to see what happens there. Um once again, release date November eighteenth. Uh mark it on your calendar, ask for it for Christmas. Uh we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving from one video game announcement to another, um, we're going to be hopping into more of the uh, esports side of this. So uh, the Valorant Championships for 2022 is wrapping up its group stages right now. Um, because it is in Istanbul, the, the times are super messed up for us. Uh, usually I only catch the highlights and have fun with that. Um, one of the highlight matches was DRX versus 100 Thieves. Uh, round one went, I think, 32 rounds or something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, if you do want to see, like, really high-level, like, Valorant play and, you know, how how much, like, mental fortitude these guys need, uh, that match was one that was kind of, kind of ridiculous to look out for. Um, if you're interested, uh, the, the playoff rounds start um, this weekend or uh, technically on Friday. Um, so if you guys want to watch those rounds, you can, um, and they are all fighting for a slice of a million dollar prize pool. Um, I think first place goes home with like 300,000 or something, 300,000. So it's it's still pretty good, pretty good amount. I mean, Um, that's more money than I have. Yeah, I know. Like it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a pretty good start for, for Valorant. And, uh, I'm excited to see where these, you know, final rounds end up going. Uh, yeah, from the esports side, let's go to something that's even more, uh, dare I say bizarre. Um, <laughs> wow. 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 Freaking weeb. All right. Uh, we're, we're going into the new JoJo's game. Uh, the Joe's, uh, JoJo's all-star battle R is now released. Um, I've only been able to see gameplay of it through a friend. Um, I want to play it. I just don't know if my audience would enjoy me playing a fighting game, um, let alone JoJo stuff, because that's kind of that's kind of weird. Uh, I, I haven't caught up to everything in the manga, but I have watched almost everything that has been an anime. Um, so, I mean, six parts is still pretty pretty solid. Um, speaking of that, uh, the JoJo characters have part have characters all the way to part eight. Um, so ridiculously long roster. Um, they just added, um, from part one, Speedwagon. From part four, they added Jojo, uh, or they added Jotaro. Um, Jotaro Kujo, uh, part four, which is the white, uh, white variation. The, um, you know, not, not quite old guy, but, uh, still in the middle, um, Jotaro. And then the last one is from part five, um, with Prosciutto and Pesci. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see their gameplay. I saw a little bit of it and thought it was thought it was a lot of fun with that. Um, just to let you guys know, it is a 2.5D fighter. So in other words, there are the options to move uh, towards and away from the camera. But most of the action takes place on a 2D plane. Um, and uh, obviously, if you're playing a JoJo's game, there's going to be a dumb, a dumb amount of uh, JoJo references. So uh, have fun with that. Um, you could also just enjoy the game for it being a fighting game, so that's 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 a lot of fun. Um, I'm enjoying it for a little bit of both, uh, and just watching my friends wail on each other. Um, right now, it is forty nine ninety nine on Steam. That is full retail price. Um, I believe there's a like a I wouldn't say battle pass. Maybe it's like a season pass thing where um, you get 
all of the upcoming characters unlocked like for the first like wave of whatever um and i I don't know how much that is um and if there are extra like things that go with it but um yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see how this game is gonna flush out the rest of the roster um there's just like a ton of open positions and we'll see what ends up coming out of uh jojo's all-star battle r uh if it ends up becoming another fighting game that joins the circuit um or if we're just gonna have fun wailing on each other with jojo characters uh totally an option i still need to watch this show it's been on my list of things to watch for forever i I don't blame you it does take a long time and okay regardless of what people say i'm i'm willing to fight people on it (laughs) uh you have to watch part one and two okay like people say oh just start with part three that's where they get the stands and i'm like no you need to watch part one and two so you understand why things are happening uh also, you get like a whole bunch of like other like weird scenes from you know part one and two, um, and also JoJo's is always funner to to watch with a f- with friends and with with a game of some sort. Uh, if you guys want a drinking game, let me know. Uh, I, I'm more than <laughs> willing to send you guys that list. Um, it makes JoJo's more I would say tolerable, but also gives you a heads up of like what's to come uh-huh. um, and what what to what to look out for and why things are important, but. Uh, yeah, we, we've had plenty of nights where I was like, okay, I've drinking enough. <laughs> let's let's oh. call it here. We're good. <laughs> um, so yeah, it. I would highly recommend watching it with friends. Watch it with somebody who is experienced so that they can make the jokes. Um, and uh, everything should be fine. Um, j- just remember, it's called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, not JoJo's Adventure. Uh, otherwise, it would be a very different show. Um <laughs> Moving on from the more anime stuff to now the actual manga part, um, we're going to go ahead and talk about new manga releases that are coming out this month. Um, Last week, or actually technically this week, uh, we got Black Clover 30 um, and uh, My Hero Vigilantes Volume 13. Um, If you guys were interested in picking those up, definitely go and do so. Um, Next week... Um, we're going to get the Noragami Omnibus 1, which is going to have volumes 1 through 3. Um, this is going to be the first time I believe Noragami is getting printed in the States. So um, if you are interested in picking that up, definitely do so. Um, they have one of the most badass anime openings of all time. Uh, I haven't sat down and watched that one either. Um, I'm a fake weeb, I understand. Um, but I just haven't gotten through it. Um, but now the manga is available. And then one of my personal favorites, Marshall 8, is finally coming out. Um, I'm slowly getting through Volume 3 right now. Um, but uh, yeah, Marshall. Um, very, very fun show. Very funny uh, concept. Very funny author. I got to give him that. Um, but if you guys are interested in picking those up, definitely go, go for it. Um, I'll give you a re- quick recap of both of them. Uh, Noragami is about a, a uh, low-level god who is looking for anybody to give them uh, money in order to help them out. Um, They start out with like things that are smaller and tries to become like the biggest religion, therefore people believing in them and so on and so forth. Um, Marshall is, is a comedy uh, manga series written in Shonen Jump um, about uh, imagine if in the world of Harry Potter, there was a kid who couldn't use magic, but was just, jacked instead just ripped and like 
decides, you know what? I can't do magic, but I can punch walls. I can walk through <laughs> things. But he's totally dumb and oblivious. So, uh, yeah, that's Marshall. Ma- Marshall is like, if you took Saitama from One Punch Man and enrolled him in Hogwarts, that's what you get. Um, and uh, now that is an interesting concept. <laughs> it is very funny. It is it is a very funny concept. And um, the thing the thing about the series too is um, the author has like little sections in the middle where he talks about his own experience. Um, and he said like. I've always wanted to have like a job where I don't have to get my fingers slammed in drawers. So he made sure that his whole house didn't have drawers that he could like slam his fingers in. And he's always refers to them as finger guillotines. And he's like, I'd never want to work at a place. Oh God. Finger guillotines. And so he's just like, I've, t- I've told you my story about the actual finger guillotine, right? Kevin. Yeah. Okay. I think with my pinky. tell me about it again okay so this is my (laughs) go-to party story not to distract from your story we'll go back to that but actually no finish your story and then i will tell you about my finger guillotine i mean he's just afraid of like things of finger guillotines like he he talks about a whole like graduated from school enjoyed life uh enjoyed gag manga uh took a job with a finger guillotine moved moved away from the guillotine ended up moving to another job full-time job figured out that they had finger guillotines quit that job started drawing manga and it's really funny um and yeah i i highly appreciate the uh the honesty of the reason why he became a uh, manga artist okay so here's my story so i was three years old um I don't know if I have told this story in the podcast before. If you've heard it before, you're hearing it again. Um, so I was three years old. I was watching Disney's Tarzan in the movie theater. And this is the movie theater that's still... It's I'm still close to this movie theater right now. Um, it's a little farther from me, but it's like it's by the mall, so I'm by there all the time. Um, but the way that these seats of this movie theater were set up was they were reclinable, so you could lean back in them. Um, but they had this little exposed mechanism in this kind of box in between each chair. So it's like chair and then the space where the armrest is, there's kind of like the box mm-hmm. and then another chair and then a box. And this mechanism was exposed and it was kind of like, it was like a guillotine in which there are two holes or like two discs or whatever that have holes in them. And when you lean back, they like swing shut. So it's like an actual guillotine. Now I'm three years old. I have no idea what I'm doing in life. I'm I'm just a dumb, almost or post toddler. Not even not even like really old enough to do anything. I was three and I wanted to go see Tarzan in the theater in 1998. Anyway, so I see this box. I see the little holes, and I'm like, oh, it's a finger holder. <laughs> So I stick my right pinky in the hole and it's just comfortably chilling there the entire movie. And it's towards the end where I am. It's Kerchak and uh, Clayton and Tarzan are having like the big climactic battle. I think Kerchak is just about to die. Um, Spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this movie from, from however long ago, whatever 1998, um so i uh 
I don't know whether I had leaned back or if I leaned forward from leaning back, but whatever I did, it caused the, uh, the hole to close again and it chopped off the top knuckle of my finger to the bone so that it was just hanging by the skin. Gross. And then I start screaming my lungs off as, as you would do if you had the top knuckle of your finger, just unceremoniously removed. And then all the people in the theater are like, what the hell it's it's i know it's sad but it's not worth screaming about yeah. and then eventually my dad figures out oh my son is an idiot and has just chopped off the top of his finger with a chair uh and so he's like ah oh, fuck so he has to take me <laughs> and he puts me on the concession stand and he's like someone call an ambulance now and then at the concession stand they're like what why oh there is a child on our concession stand bleeding all over it let's call an ambulance shall we so as the ambulance is coming, a bunch of people come out of the theater and they're like, do you need gauze? Do you need gauze? And in my adrenaline addled three-year-old mind, I am thinking, what is gauze and why do you all have it? And so eventually the, uh, the ambulance comes, they take me to the hospital. The doctors are like, yeah, we have no idea if this is going to work, but we are going to line up your finger with all the blood vessels and, and, and whatever and sew it on and pray. And so they did, and it worked. Um, I know they at one point they had to like put a uh, a pin inside my finger so that it would uh, it would heal and align properly. Um, and then my brother was I think just born at the time because it was ninety eight, um, and so my mom came. Or, no, it was ninety nine because my brother was born in ninety eight. So this was in nineteen ninety nine. I keep I've been telling people the wrong year the entire time I've been telling the story. This is nineteen ninety nine. I was three or four at that point then. Um, and so yeah, my mom came with my, my younger brother who had just been born. And I know at one point I was a good older brother because I told her I didn't want him to see me because I didn't want him to be scared. So yeah, that is the story of my finger. Oh, and I told the story to the writer of the movie tab Murphy at one point because I was doing a, an interview with him for the film festival and he wrote a film that was appearing in that festival. And I told him the story and he's like, wow, that is the most intense Tarzan story I've ever been told. And then he <laughs> sent me some, uh, some signed posters of Tarzan, which was pretty cool. You got signed Tarzan posters so you could be reminded of the, the time that you almost <laughs> lost your finger pretty much oh my my mom still has the uh the photos of all of my finger and that's kind of gross stuff and she's <laughs> like one time i was i was like just wandering around the house and she called me into her room and she said here look at this and it was just a photo of my finger with like this metal pin stuck inside it and it's like why would you show that to me that's terrific i don't want to ever see that again like it's it's disgusting why yeah. would you do this to me? And she's like, I don't know. I thought it'd be cool for you to look at. It's like, <laughs> not cool. No, this is traumatic. I hate it. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. No, no more, no more Tarzan movies. No more, <laughs> no more finger guillotines for you. Oh, and they had to change out all of the the uh, chairs in that movie theater because go. of me. There you go. Because if not me, it would have happened to some other stupid kid. But yeah, no, I am the reason why they changed all of the uh, the seats in that movie theater. Huge. If you ever come up to Cal, to, to, you're in California. If you ever come up oh, to Santa Clarita and you ever go to like Six Flags, like let me know and I'll show you where the theater is. 
I'll show, you, I'll show you the theater where I almost lost my finger. I'll show you the concession stand where, like, my dad I, dumped I my out. body. <laughs> where I was bleeding all over it. All right. Uh, speaking of a ton of blood coming out of the body, uh, let's <laughs> let's transition to the Chainsaw Man. Um, that was a fantastic transition. <laughs> so we had an announcement thing from uh, Mappa Studios, I believe. They, they actually gave us a press release. Um, thing about it we've all been waiting for an answer of when Chain- chainsaw man will come out which is going to be kind of well probably one of the biggest like shows that it's going to be coming out during this uh, second half of or the last uh, core of the year um, but chainsaw man will officially be airing on october 11th um, so mark your calendars if you guys are interested in watching chainsaw man um, it it will come out that day I- i'm excited All right, so um, I have no transition to this, but uh, Merriam-Webster added some new words into the dictionary. Um, 370 new words and definitions were officially added into the Merriam-Webster Dictionary of the English language. Um, I hate so many of the, the words and phrases that were added. Would you like to hear some, Kevin, and react uh, in real time? Sure. All right. Dumb phone. A cell phone that does not include advanced software. <sighs> typically found on smartphones. Oh, okay. Metaverse. Oh, gross. <laughs> a persistent visual environment that allows access to an, and interop ability i can't say that word of multiple individual virtual realities also any of the individual virtual environments that make up a metaverse or a cosmology the hypothetical combination of all coexisting or sequentially existing universes i like one of those definitions i don't like the other i like the uh the metaverse is in multiple universes not the uh zuckerberg's pet project one yeah um let's see do you think zuckerberg paid merriam webster to add that Ooh, because i don't i don't think it's big enough for yeah no for merriam webster to be like that that's what we need in the in the dictionary and to make it the first the number one definition i think maybe there that's something something freaky happened behind the scenes with some monies money was changed hands like i've heard metaverse used as like this the the spider-verse cosmology of like hey there's multiple universes more than i have it in zuckerberg's stupid project yeah so it, it definitely feels like you're onto something there with maybe conspiracy theory zuckerberg paid them to to include it there yeah we'll definitely have to see Space Force, the military oh. <laughs> organization of a nation for space warfare. That doesn't even exist yet. And then th- this is this is the worst section of the uh, the included. And it, it's not showing all 370 terms. I can't find that yet. But here's the section, at least in their press release, slang and informal language. I'm going to go through all these because these are terrible. First one, yeet interjection (laughs) slang 
used to express surprise, approval, or incited, excited enthusiasm. Yeet, verb, to throw, yeah. especially with force and without regard for the thing being thrown. <laughs> yes, that is, I will take that definition. Yes. Janky, informal, <laughs> of very poor quality. Junky, also not functioning properly or adequately. Faulty. Okay. Sus. Those are correct. Oh no. Oh Sus. no. Wait. Sus made it? Oh Sus. god. <laughs> Slang. Suspicious. Suspect. Uh sauce is in the dictionary. That means I can use it in a freaking paper. <laughs> well, it's it's slang and informal. So depending. Depending on, on the criteria of your specific paper and your professor or whoever. What, or whatever body you're submitting to, if they permit slang in informal language, you could theoretically use the word sus, then point to the Merriam-Webster dictionary and say, it is included in here. <laughs> I'm not about that, please. <coughs> Just tell kids to smell it suspicious. <laughs> How hard is that? <laughs> kids are le- need to learn the vocabulary anyway. Come on. Luke. <laughs> slang. A fashion look. That is distinctive to the wearer and that is noticeable and memorable to others. L E W K Luke. I hate it. Uh, uh okay. Probably the worst one on this list though is pwn. P W N slang. To dominate and defeat someone or something. Uh that that is just There are no vowels in that word. Uh, we we don't need that word. <laughs> Literally, okay, if you really want the origin of pwn, it is because somebody mistyped the word own. Okay, if you look at your look at your keyboard right now, like, look how close the P and the O are, right? Yeah. He wanted to type own, but like, as a joke, he hit the P first, right? And then it just caught on, okay? So like, now we're embracing mistypes? It's kind of how like I spell ole instead of okay sometimes. Yeah. Because the K it, and the L are next to each other, so I'll type in exactly. Olay. Exactly. Well, it's not Olay as in the Olay as in Spanish. It's like Olay as in the uh, the lotion. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it, it just doesn't need to be like this. <sighs> Zoe Deschanel would love this next phrase or word. Adorkable. Informal. Socially awkward or quirky in a way that is endearing. Literally, Zoe Deschanel's entire brand is built on the concept of adorkable. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't know if we if we needed it as a as a word, but all right. Next, do one. do they have the list like of words that are like out now too, like that are just out of the dictionary? Um, because I don't know when they rotate those in. I know that new words come in. I don't know if new old words go out. You know? Yeah, I. I don't know if they go out. I think they're maybe just listed as um, what's it called? Uh, obsolete, maybe like they're still maybe included, but they're just recognized as as not really used anymore. Yeah. Next one is MacGyver slang to make form or repair something with what is conveniently on hand. I I guess. Uh... Does that wait? 
Does that mean McGruber also will be in the dictionary? <laughs> to fashion something incorrectly by using stuff that is around you. I mean, MacGyver's in there, so ostensibly it could one uh, day, maybe next year. <laughs> Baller, informal, excellent, exciting, or extraordinary, especially in a way that is suggestive of a lavish lifestyle. Is oh wait, is that's a that's an adjective, right? Yes. Okay. Cringe. Okay, Slang. that that belongs in there. <laughs> so embarrassing, awkward, etc., as to cause one to cringe. Cringeworthy. F W I W abbreviation for what it's worth. I C Y M I abbreviation. In case you missed it. Okay. Also, uh, just. Some other ones that I've seen. Boost your dose. A, do- a supplementary dose of a therapeutic agent designed to increase the effectiveness of one or more previously administered doses. COVID-19. Damn you. False positive and false negative are also in there. Okay. Hoglet. A baby hedgehog. Oh, LARP. Okay. A live okay. action role playing game in which a group of people reenacts a fictional scenario. In a real time, typically under the guidance of a facilitator or organizer. Okay. Galentine's Day. A holiday observed on February 13th is a time to celebrate friendships, especially among women. Was that invented by Parks and Rec or was that a thing before? Uh, I think it was popularized by Parks okay. and Rec. I don't know if it was like... Yeah. I didn't know it was an official thing. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Level up. To advance or improve oneself or as... In or as if in a game. And then here's some food ones that made it. Uh, pumpkin spice. Oh, no. A mixture of cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cloves, and often allspice that is commonly used in pumpkin pie. <laughs> Omakase. No, the answer is there. <laughs> if you really want pumpkin spice everything, we'll just put it in a freaking seasoning jar and just pour it I on I think everything. at that point it's just getting the, the proportions. Yeah. They gave you oh the cheat code. Everybody, everybody, go figure out what the what the ratios are. Omakase, a series of small servings or courses offered at a fixed price, and whose selection is left to the chef's discretion. Um, omakase, adjective or verb, according to the chef's choice. Um, let's see some other ones. Birria, a Mexican dish of stewed meat, especially with chili peppers, oat milk. A liquid made from ground oats and water that is usually fortified and used as a milk substitute. Um, Banh mi. uh, A usually spicy sandwich in Vietnamese cuisine consisting of a split baguette filled typically with meat, such as pork or chicken, and pickled vegetables such as carrot and daikon and garnished with cilantro and often cucumbers. And they made plant-based. Made or derived from plants consisting primarily or entirely of food such as vegetables, fruit, nuts, oils, and beans derived from plants. And that was did me I, reading. Did the I dictionary. really need? Did we really need plant based to be uh, defined? I mean, I thought it was kind of. <laughs> it's kind of self explanatory, isn't it, it? It really is. But I mean, like common sense is not, not exactly so common. common. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was me reading you the new dictionary, and again, there's. 370 new words so this is 
obviously not 370 new words, but these were some of the highlights that Miriam Webster found and me highlighting out of those highlights. So quite interesting. Yeet. <laughs> the fact that that's in the dictionary means that I want to use it in a paper. <laughs> Do it. You can just point to the dictionary now. It exists, therefore I will use it. <laughs> it's like if I fits, I sits, but for, for language nerds. Yes. Anyway, Kevin, any uh, any last words from you before we wrap up for the week? Um, Not yet. Uh, we, we will definitely go over what is happening in Pokemon Unite when we finally get there. Apparently we're supposed to have like legacy trainer cards coming in. Um like either today or tomorrow um essentially like right now like when you catch a pokemon in pokemon unite it shows your like character profile um but i think they're gonna change it to like legendary trainers so like you can get like raihan or leon from sword and shield i think cynthia is one of them um steven uh n so we'll definitely have to see who they're going to include in there and if it's going to start becoming a trend um, of things that can be included in there. So, yeah. Um, other than that, I've just been experimenting more with, uh, you know, social media and whatnot, uh, trying to figure out what times will work for me and uh, what kind of content I can make. So definitely trying to keep all that up and running and uh, we will see how, how it plays out. So, um, once again, if you guys want to follow me, I'm Kanashi. Uh, you find me on Twitter and on Twitch every every day, every weekday uh, from 3 to 6. Uh, we're just playing Pokemon games in general. Like right now, I'm trying to test uh, how well uh, Pokemon Pinball would work um, and how hard the freaking one for the Game Boy Color was. Th- this thing is tough. <laughs> end of rant. End of things, Kevin. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for taking a listen this week. Um, go watch The Rings of Power and at least give it a try. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But please, like, don't don't send hate mail or death threats to the cast, please, because apparently that's been happening. Um, just just don't do it. Just just watch the show. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't have to like it. You can just move on. You can just move on with your life. Anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for listening this week, guys, and we will catch you again next week with all the geeky news that we can find. Uh, adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. 
on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big.